0: Imagine, you've entered an Orthodox church as the sun's evening glow gently gleams through the windows. You serenely find a spot in which to settle. The images of holy people surrounding you are already partly covered in shadow. It is unmistakably the beginning of evening. As you stand with anticipation in the sparse sanctuary, you slip into reflecting on the day that has passed. What will tomorrow bring? Your reverie is turned to attention as the presbyter opens the altar curtain, signaling the start of the service. You focus on the opening blessing and the Lord's prayer. Then the singers begin. As the singers continue to sing, you ask yourself, what are they singing? Who wrote this? Where does it come from? What does it all mean? Welcome to Enacting the Kingdom, a podcast about liturgical worship. My name is Father Yuri Gladio, and I'm an Orthodox Christian priest with a lifelong desire to keep learning. I'm joined by my teacher and friend, Father Jeffrey Reddy. Father Jeffrey holds a doctorate in liturgical theology and is the co-director of the Orthodox School of Theology at the University of Toronto. In our first season, we're learning about Vespers, the evening worship service of the Orthodox Church. We originally recorded today's episode as a recap of our series on Psalm 103. However, we thought this would work much better as an introduction to the themes and concepts that we're going to discuss. Let's just jump right in. Yeah, so in terms of biblical context, Psalm 103 is obviously a psalm, which is from the Book of Psalms in the Old Testament. And we learned about the, the structure of the psalm being about creation and about the threefold um, the threefold cosmology of, of the Hebrew people, uh, which is the heavens, the earth, and the waters. And that in this song we have portrayed God who is the God of all three of these realms that the realms aren't made up of separate gods but God is indeed the source of all of the the blessings and and we talked about death and how the cycle of death is part of God's perhaps God's ongoing activity and we discussed a, a bit of the challenges there um am I on am I on the ball so far?
1: Absolutely. I mean the the psalm really has a, a confidence about it. The more I think about it, you know, the, the the Hebrew uh nation, the people of Israel had the confidence first of all to kind of steal it from the Egyptians. And you know, we we saw there was an analogue in um Egyptian uh Religion and, and mythology and so forth, which has a lot of the same phrases and so forth, so they take it they they reappropriate it, they apply it to their un, you know unquestioned uh, loyalty and allegiance to their one uh, God Yahweh, and the, the confidence you know permeates the whole psalm there 's confidence that God is looking after his creation, God is not only the creator at one sort of distant time in the past but the ongoing uh, one who's in control, in thorough control of all aspects of, of creation, from life and death, the cycles of nature, the the, the waters that that bring forth, uh, you know, fertility for the earth and and all of the people and and the the animals uh, within it. So it's a real confidence, um, you know, expression of confidence, just in, in God's caring for the entire world.
0: The other aspect that we studied was the historical development, and this one was the one that I, coming into the study, that I knew the least about. And so one thing that I learned was that was that this wasn't necessarily what everyone was doing at all times, that it comes from a particular um, spot. And in the Western Church, it didn't develop that Psalm 103 was done at the beginning of Vespers, but it did in the Eastern Church. And another thing that I learned was that there aren't direct there is not direct evidence that this is what was happening, let's say in Jewish synagogues or the temple or, or anything like that, that sometimes we can, as Orthodox Christians overblow the connections of our worship with Jewish worship, uh, simply because if I understand correctly, and you could speak a bit more to this, there just isn't as much direct evidence to actually make those claims positively
1: yeah we we just don 't know um, and there was such variety of of liturgical um, expression both in in the the Jewish church before. Uh, the first century, as well as in the, the early Christian church. And uh, the earliest kind of evidence that we have for Psalm 103 being, you know, the Psalm of, of Vespers and so forth is relatively, you know, late. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it has become such a firm part of our our experience that you know, maybe uh, you know it's it, it's easy to imagine it being a kind of universal experience and, and so forth. But uh, in any case, uh, the the themes that it evokes in terms of you know God's sovereignty and, and setting the whole world in, into motion and, and so forth these are indeed uh, themes that you know. Permeate all of early Christian worship, and and certainly you know would have been important, you know themes from from the very beginning. But it's just this particular psalm being in its particular place, so regularly, so fixedly in our liturgical you know worship that that became peculiar to to the Byzantine rite, you know several centuries into uh, the the early church. Mm-hmm.
0: The other aspect we studied was the kind of narrative purpose it serves in the in the actual liturgy of vespers and one of the things that we chatted about that was that was challenging to me in how i think about vespers is i've grown up thinking about the service of vespers as clearly a clearly laid out narrative of the biblical storyline so of course you would have creation at the beginning and then all the motions that the clergy do are could be have are analogous with Adam in front of the gates of par it being kicked out of the f- paradise, and I think you challenged a bit of that um, as some of that thinking comes from kind of 18th century um, Russian writers, and so so trying me trying to rethink the the purpose of Psalm 103 where it is. Um, it was it was definitely a little bit of a challenge there.
1: Yeah, I think in a way it relates to. Maybe a misapprehension of, of what we mean when we talk about the kind of narrative structure of I mean, both the scriptures, but I mean certainly here of liturgy. And we think maybe sometimes, well, th- we're going to have a play, you know, put on for us and there's going to be a story that kind of starts in a certain place and develops and, you know, has... Plot conflicts and that need to be resolved, and then finally some sort of denouement, you know, in the way that you know a classic story uh, uh, unfolds. But the the narrative of, of liturgy doesn't necessarily function on 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 that level. Um, you have the the kind of larger narrative structure of, of scripture from from beginning to to end, and clearly that has a beginning place and an ending point it has a a kind of purpose a a telos an end and, and, and so forth but the way that vespers sets up the liturgical day isn't so much by saying okay sit back enjoy the story we're going to start at the beginning and tell you everything that happened it's not that so much as that this psalm sets the kind of stage the stage on which all of the action you know takes place and that stage is indeed the entirety of of creation but also Most tellingly, it's the story of the creator himself, the one who's in control. And that's, that's the confidence we just spoke about. That's that, you know, that allegiance and loyalty and fidelity to the one true God. It's an understanding that creation wasn't way back when and we're just going to see what happened after it. We are experiencing it now. And the, the, the way we start and enter into the liturgical day is to enter into that backdrop and that's what the psalm you know kind of sets for us and it's it's a, it's a psalm of, of of trust and confidence and you know at one point i think i mentioned that you know in the vigil service which starts with vespers ends you know, with mountains in the first hour, one of the last prayers that we have kind of returns to the same idea: the the God who, who who sees all of creation, who looks after all of creation, and so part of our experience, narratively, you know, in embodying the the liturgical story and so forth, is to come to understand that we need also to trust in, the, in God. And, you know, our responsibility isn't to look, you know, to be the sovereign of creation, but to enter into relationship with the one who is sovereign and to, you know, to place ourselves in the right relationship with him by repentance, by turning away from from our sinfulness, which this psalm even evokes. We said that at the end, you know, that it refers to, you know, sinners and so forth. But not in a sense that, okay, we're telling a story about what happened. We're, we're telling the story of ourselves and our place within the creative order that uh, that Yahweh is is sovereign over and the loving, creating, caring God that we can enter into relationship with. So it's that sort of narrative rather than you know listen children you know to a story kind of
0: the podcast you're listening to reflects only the public aspect of our overall project for those interested we actively post new episodes on our private podcast this private space gives us the freedom to debate discuss and disagree about open and sometimes controversial theological questions To get access to these episodes and to join our online community, you can become a patron of the show. We can only continue this work through the generous financial support of our listeners. To become a patron, head over to patreon.com slash enacting the kingdom and select which tier of support you wish. Again, that's patreon.com slash enacting the kingdom. And now, back to the show. Mm -mm. Yeah, and one of the ways that we experience that narrative is by participating in it, which is one of the aspects that we looked at, is how do we actually enact that liturgically when we come to church? And we mentioned the sensing of the deacon or of the priest going around the church. We also talked about the, the different ways that Psalm 103 is read or sung depending on the solemnity of, of the feast. So you might go to one church and they read just a couple of verses. You might go to another church and they might sing grandly the entire psalm and you get the full spectrum of everything in between. Um, and yeah, I'm not sure if there's anything you want to add there.
1: Yeah, I the, mean, one of the interesting uh, practices uh, and it's certainly this was the you know the hallmark of you know, what we referred to as kind of more cathedral practice in the, in the in the middle Byzantine period and so forth. Eventually, there's this kind of fusion of cathedral and monastic practice. But in the the kind of cathedral or parish rite, uh it was the hallmark was singing and also antiphonal singing and refrains and so forth. And I think one of the most telling things is to go back and find what are the things that get sung as a refrain here. You know, because it, it kind of hints at. You know, and if you're writing a magazine article, you, these are the quotes you pull out to the side or right. you put it in some sort of text box and, you know, larger font and nice color and everything. So what are you really trying to highlight, you know, from uh, the psalm? And, it's, and it is precisely this kind of expression of God's bounty. You know, oh, Lord, how manifold are your works In wisdom you have created them all. and This is the kind of thing that gets, you know, sung back over and over again as as the rest of the psalm is chanted or, or sung and, and so forth. And so, you know, that to me really is, you know, what we can understand to be the the key aspect and key role that the psalm plays at the beginning of Vespers here. You know, when, when those things are pulled out and highlighted and sung as refrains, which is one of the the practices that we see through church history.
0: The last aspect that we looked at was that of enacting the kingdom that's the title we give to that section and and what that aspect tries to look at is how does us participating and singing and experiencing psalm 103 at the beginning of Vespers actually do for you outside of church does this actually affect your life outside of church and we assume that it does so we ask the question in what way should it be affecting your life outside of church i think we discussed actually environmentalism in this section Um, a bit about understanding creation not as a passive thing in which humans are free to exploit, but one in which human beings are placed uh, into creation as the images of God and as his kings and queens who are called to have dominion, not in the sense of utterly subordinating everything to our will, but to rule with God over creation and that every aspect of creation um is imbued with with the divine and
1: yeah. Absolutely. And the you know the way the Psalm you know sets that up for us is, is quite powerful. Uh you know you have the Yahweh, the creator God, responsible for all and caring for all and 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 just lying behind the entire array of creatures and in all the things which populate you know creation but in the midst of that there is this activity right there's the activity of you know of the animals but most you know foremost it's this kind of activity of of human beings who take from you know this ongoing creation and Form things and shape things and we referred to you know specifically the kind of even the sacramental crafting of things like bread and wine and and so forth that come out of the goodness of creation but they are they are partly the responsibility of human beings to to kind of form right so our role uh, is first of all to acknowledge you know, this wasn't all just set up at one time and place in the distant past. And now, you know, as you say, it's there to, for exploitation and maybe we'll do it right, maybe we will do it wrong. But it's actually by by getting involved in the stuff of creation is to be involved with the creator, right? Uh, because the because God is continuing to create and interact with his creation, not just some cosmic watch maker that sets the think device in motion and now we see how it, it works or he's testing us seeing how we're going to work out no he is ongoing you know providing all of the stuff that that we need for life and by our getting mucking in and getting involved in organizing and shaping and forming almost like sub-creators you know it's a phrase that uh kind of evokes c.s lewis and jr tolkien and that kind of whole notion of of the way human beings are empowered to to almost be agents of creation themselves under God's sovereignty. Well, to do that me, implies a deep relationship with the creator himself. To do it properly means to abide by the will of the creator and to shape our lives you know, in, into ones that, that match that, which is to be in the image of the creator, right? So it's an exciting psalm, the way it depicts the whole of life as this you know wonderfully creative positive project with with a purpose and that purpose is to give glory you know to god you know oh lord how manifold are your works in wisdom you have made them all and that Expression of joy and confidence in creation is, is powerful, and we should take that into our politics, into our socio political realm, and so forth. Because I think, as we said before, that you know, there's on the one side the very negative environmentalism that exists out there this kind of dismal view the whole world is collapsing, you know, and unless we do something quite drastic, it's over, you know, that there's nobody looking after us, right? We, we wouldn't have that view because we have this view of God as ongoing creator, but neither do we take an opposite extreme which a lot of christians have done in the past of saying well it's you know god created it therefore we can do what we like with it and and so forth so the the orthodox christian view shaped by this psalm is is quite a a balanced nuanced you know central you know middle path uh, vision where which is confident yet caring you know and that's where uh, this psalm points us
0: thanks so much for listening to another episode of enacting the kingdom for bonus episodes and content, or if you'd simply like to see this show continue, consider becoming a patron at patreon.com enactingthekingdom enacting the kingdom. See you next time.